Please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 4. Amen. This psalm has many different topics to be considered. And while I look forward to running through a few of them quickly with you, I hope that I can cause ourselves to examine ourselves as we consider these inspired words. Please follow along with me as I read Psalm 4. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Amen. 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 The first verse contains a plea for God to hear us when we call upon him. When we're praying to God, we should take the example here in this psalm of quickly recounting to the Lord when he has delivered us in the past. This is not only pleasing to the Lord, but it also will provide us comfort in our requests. The New Testament tells us in the book of Philippians that with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. The term enlarge me here in this verse is a synonym for blessed. Have we all not been greatly blessed in times of distress? Yes, we have. Let us not forget that when we need the Lord to act on our behalf, that we recount and thank him for when he has acted on our behalf. As we move to verse 2, we understand more clearly what distress was currently affecting the king when he asks about the sons of men, how long will they continue to make a mockery of him and speak worthless and vain speech? This struggle with wickedness of men was constantly before David, and he mentions it throughout the Psalms. The Lord did answer David's request, and it's recorded for us in Scripture. But instead of just focusing on others, I want to turn this around and focus it on us. Do we, when we look at this verse, do we ever despise those that are in authority? Do we speak vain and worthless items? Are there, is there vanity in our hearts? This verse finishes with the sila. So I ask you to stop and consider, are these, is there anything in this verse that's true about you? Lord, help us to guard our hearts and minds and to have the proper respect of authority. I consider verse 3 to be a special blessing from the Lord, and it's a terrific response to how the sons of men treated David in verse 2. Those men gave no regard for David and spoke vain about him. But the Lord, the almighty creator and sustainer of the world, sets apart those that are godly unto himself. What does this mean? It means that if he has set you apart, there is nothing that can harm you. What a comforting thought and blessing. Keep in mind that like most promises in the Psalms, this is conditional. The Lord does not just set anybody apart for himself. It's only those that live godly. So I ask you, 
Do you want the Lord's protection today? Then live a godly life. It's pretty simple, isn't it? In addition to the Lord setting setting us apart for himself, he will hear us when we call upon him. As we move to verse 4, there are two commands in the fourth verse, with each command coming in two parts. First, stand in awe and sin not. Do you spend time thinking upon God's awesome and awful acts? Which ones force you to be so consumed to the point that it restricts you from following after sin? What act or trait about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, consumes your mind and heart and actions that it would stop you from sinning? I think of Psalm 46.10, which is my favorite verse in the Bible. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Perhaps in order to fulfill these verses, we should take the time to develop a list of things about God that causes us to think upon his awesomeness or his awfulness. This should help us avoid sin. The second command, commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Many of us are too busy. If you remember when I presented Psalm 5 last August, I encourage us to make changes that will allow us to seek the Lord in the morning before the day's distractions overtake our lives. There is a similar theme here. There is no place quite like your bed at night. It should be the most quiet and peaceful time in your daily life. What do we do with that time? Is it spent in pointless fretting or worrying about things that you're not going to be able to change anyways? Do you let your mind wander to unprofitable things that can cause you to sin? Maybe we should consider the list we developed for the first part of this verse and think upon those sayings as we drift off to sleep about the attributes of our Lord. There's a second seal here. I encourage you again. Can you make a concerted effort to stand in awe and sin not? Can you make an effort to spend more time in peace and quiet thinking upon the things of the Lord? This will be more important in our daily lives and many many other things that we can do. As you look at verse 5, I'm sure that many of us have thought like myself that wouldn't it be awesome to have offered a sacrifice like Solomon when he dedicated the temple? I'm excited to tell you this morning that guess what? You can offer something better than Solomon's sacrifice. That is offering to the Lord a sacrificial life of righteousness and trusting in him. And considering this verse, I kept coming back to the same thought about the word sacrifice. David did not say offer the gift or act of righteousness but rather offer the sacrifices of righteousness. Many times, sacrifices include both doing something, but also giving up something. What can you give up for the sacrifice to the Lord to live righteously? Would it be to avoid foolish talking or jesting? Because that's easy for us to do. Can you avoid it? How about avoiding overindulging yourself in food, drink, or entertainment, Mm -hmm. which sometimes causes us to sin? How about inviting someone over to your house and sacrificing your precious time? Can you sacrifice something for the Lord? Before you lay down tonight, can you do something? Can you sacrifice something? Maybe it might be putting your phone down a few minutes early and spending time considering the Lord and his attributes before you go to sleep. As we transition from verse 5 into a different thought process for the rest of the psalm, I ask you to consider verse 6. The first phrase from verse 6. It's hard to imagine a time or people that fits this description better than Americans in 2018. 
There be many that say, who will show us any good? It's everywhere we look and read. There's a constant bombardment of discontentment. And there is a pressure to join in and be unhappy because there's always more for us. We somehow think that the Lord owes us some standard of goodness that is ridiculous and false. Let it never once be said among God's children that we are discontent. Let, us, let it never once that blasphemy come out of our mouths. We have nothing but good things from the Lord in our life. It's all about your attitude. We can turn any good thing into a negative if you have the wrong attitude. Lord, help us to be content. The second phrase from this verse, Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. This is a quotation from number six, which is the chapter describing the Nazarite vow. In verses 24 through 26 of number six, we hear this blessing from the Lord on the children of Israel. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Those verses are not a prayer from the children of Israel. That is the Lord's voluntary blessing upon his chosen. And we are the recipients of those blessings. The psalmist explains the fulfillment in a little more detail in the final two verses. The psalmist proclaimed to have gladness in his heart, put there by the Lord, which exceeded a plentiful harvest. What has the Lord not done for you that should prohibit you from being glad today and every day? What part of our lives should we consider? Should we start that we have breath in our nostrils? The Lord didn't need to create you, but he did. What about when he found us naked, helpless, disgusting, lying in a a field, and he said, live. What about the fact that he has told you about himself and his word? We can start from the most basics of blessings all the way to knowing that he gave his only begotten son to be our Lord and Savior and to die so we could obtain eternal life. I'm as guilty as anyone in here of not living joyfully at times. But what is restricting us from living with gladness in our heart every day like you just received a raise in promotion? Because you did. Every day. If we stop and think upon our Lord and who He is and what He has done, what is there going to cause us to not be joyful and glad? The Lord is too good. Both practically and spiritually, He has done great things for us. The second fulfillment of the verses from number 6, the Lord lifting His countenance upon us is described in this last verse. The Lord blesses us with rest every night when needed, and also with protection when we are at our most vulnerable, which is when we're sleeping. This blessing is purely by the Lord. Locking your doors and having a piece of steel beside your bed isn't going to do anything. It is only the Lord who blesses us with safety. Psalm 3.5 states, I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. Safety is only from the Lord. And the fact that we have all laid ourselves down and woke up the next morning is purely by His mercy, and it should not be forgotten because it's mentioned numerous times in the Psalms. We each could figure out the number of times we've gone to sleep, had safety, and then awoke the next morning. So far, the Lord's blessed me with 11,349 nights of safety. Why this unusual exercise? It's a simple way to remember all the little things the Lord does for us every day. It should not be forgotten that He protects us and keeps us safe every night. Doing this will help us fulfill the requirements that we talked about 
in verses 1, 3, 4, 5, and 6. It can all tie back together, and you can do it all to please the Lord. Brethren, we've discussed many points quickly. Will you always remember to approach the Lord with thankful remembrance for his past blessings? The Lord wants to protect you and set you apart to himself if you will live godly. What items or aspects or attributes of God can and should you consider to be awestruck by him and his majesty and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ? Can you make an effort to spend more time communing with the Lord upon your bed? Can you clear out distractions before you go to sleep to think about him? Can you outgive Solomon with a sacrificial life of righteousness and trust in God? Will you hold the line against this evil generation by constantly and consistently living a glad life full of hope because the Lord has done so much for you? Let's pick one or more of these opportunities and give a onesie to the Lord.